Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. When puppies come in, they're thick, they're beautiful, they're gorgeous, they're adorable, they're a wonderful addition to the thick. And you have to teach them, and you have to educate them, you have to train them. Uh, Clodagh Walsh is co-founder of Canine Connect uh, Dog Training Services here in Cork. And Clodagh, you know, we 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 were said to people before Christmas, Christmas is not a time to get a puppy. But people did, and now they're faced with the prospect of having to train that, that little addition to the house, who is lovable, but thick. And I know, because I've had loads of them. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, PJ. You know, it's a challenge, isn't it? That puppy, they're so much loved. They they add to the house the minute they set paw in the front door. But there's a lot of work. They absolutely do. Definitely. And particularly at Christmas time when we're busy already and don't have a whole lot of time to dedicate to a new little puppy in the home. Um, It's not the ideal time for them, but people do get them. They're a lovely present for people. Um, So that's where really a a good qualified dog trainer would come in and help support you um, in raising a healthy, well-rounded adult dog. Because there are a number of skills that every little puppy needs to learn. Uh, One of them, the first of them, is going to the toilet in the right place. And that is the hardest thing to teach them. It's very hard. It is. Um, so when you think about it, a toilet or a bathroom is a human construct. Um, we've designed these lovely tiled and porcelain rooms um, where we like to go. Animals are not so discerning. Anything <laughs> absorbent, so your duvet, a towel, blankets, that's a good job for them. They don't mind. They'll go right there. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. quite a lot of effort to teach them that actually the garden is their bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, the, the old teaching that we had years ago from a great old uh-huh. friend of mine called John Clifford would be send the dog out in the garden and try to direct them to a particular corner of the garden and use a trigger word. And uh, the trigger word was was busy back in the day, and I still use it. Yes, um, but but the, it'll work. The dog will go in that corner of the garden, but the minute you turn your back, they're going to the other side of the garden, and then mm-hmm. the best bit. Right? Is they go out in the garden, they do all their busies, and they're lovely, and they're grand, and, quite, and then they have kept a bit for under the un, under the, the cooker. Like, how do you get them out of that? Frankly, you know. Um, with puppies, honestly, where you will get most of your exercise in is toilet training. Yeah, the walks are going to be very stoppy, starty, but toilet training, you're going to be up and down every hour, taking them out into the back garden because uh, they just can't hold it. 
Um, so you need to check in very regularly. And things like after they've had a drink of water or after they've had their lunch or they've woken up from a nap, again, you need to check do they need to use the bathroom? Yeah, yeah. Some of them, the more intelligent ones, I would say, will learn to let you know. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. many typical household pets, and I include in this my beloved Cavaliers, I adore Cavaliers, but by God, they're as stupid as they come. They will never go to the door and ask to be let out, whereas I have, I have another little dog who will. Okay, and yeah, you some give very clear signals. They'll do a lot of sniffing at the door or they'll start doing those, you know, pee walks of circling around loads and give you a lot of warning. Others won't. They will just drop and squat. So it is up to you to be super ob- observational and, again, just watch the time. For me, when I have puppies, I set timers every um, about 45 minutes. Really? So that I'm interrupting and taking them out to the background to see do they need to go. Crikey, that's harder than raising a child. At least a nappy lasts a couple of hours. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Puppies are not easy. If I, if I go again, I'm not getting a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> the other one besides the toilet training is... is t- teaching them to, to walk to a lead because again that's not oh. natural for an animal you, you have to teach Absolutely. them to walk to a lead yep um, like you said it's not natural they prefer to walk wherever their nose decides they should go um, but we prefer them to walk at heel and walk in straight lines so really there has to be a bit of give and take um, we often call it A to B walking so that's where you know you need to get down the driveway out along your path to that green open space or those bushes that they like and that at that point then you need to give them a bit more of the leash and allow them to do that sniffing um, and that pottering around because that's a lot more enriching to them yeah. than just pounding pavements. I must say I do feel sorry for them. I mean, my, my own uh-huh. two little dogs, I have, I have a Cavalier and I have a Cavachon and, 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 and the Cavachon in particular loves, I mean loves to be led off the lead to go and explore, to sniff to pee, to just nibble and nudge and play. And then he's a very clever little fella. He'll come straight back the minute you call him. He loves that, but unfortunately, there's nowhere to do it. Yeah, there isn't a a whole lot of spaces. Um, However, you can get long lines or or flexi leads that are very, very long um, so that your dog is still actually attached to you, but you can give them a lot more scope. Yeah, yeah. We don't, and I see it on your Instagram, we don't have dog parks. We need dog parks. Yeah, we really do. I think we need designated, safe, and ideally managed dog parks so that there's actually somebody there um, who's trained in as observing dogs. Um, And naturally, we don't need those to be near people's homes who haven't consented to having all of Cork's dogs yeah. at their doorstep because yeah. um, that's not fair either. So the first time you put the lead on the puppy, what, would, would you do it from 12 weeks or would you do it from, would you wait? Oh, uh, when they arrive in the home, eight weeks old, you're popping a collar or a harness and a lead on and getting them used to it. Um, so it can be a really lightweight one and you're just pottering around the house um, because again, like you said, it's not natural for them. They won't have worn one before. So you want to get them exposed to it very early on. Which is the most comfortable for them? The, the old way was the, in particular, the old way was the chain and you click the chain. Uh, that's gone now, isn't it? 
yeah realistically it is even we're moving away from collars because of um the science that is coming out from the the veterinary aspect of things of how much damage it does to their necks yes um especially for the breeds like I, i've had king charles too so their eyes are, are a little bit um more pronounced on their head and it Pressing down on their neck yeah. can cause yeah. a lot of issues yeah, for them. You as see well a lot of them going around now in what looks particularly in what looks like a sports bra. That that's that's a that's a, <laughs> a harness, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, and that is what we would be big believers in: is a well-fitted um, Y-front harness, is what they're called. Um, so those are the ones that come down. Um, the chest and give a lot of room around the shoulders so that they're comfortable for the dogs. And how do you train them to stay to your heel um, and stay like the, the lead should not be stretched and they should be you should be walking them not the other way around so how do you how do you master that? Uh, reinforcement. Uh, we expect dogs to kind of have a little bit of mental telepathy with us of you should just know I like when you hang around near my ankle, uh, but they don't. So you need to tell them and the easiest way to tell them is use their food. Yeah. So their breakfast in the morning, again, if you had an eight week old puppy, whenever puppy is beside you in the heel position, feed them a bit of their breakfast. Walk mm-hmm. around, feed them a bit of their breakfast. Right. So literally, it's reinforcement through food. Yeah, absolutely. Food is a primary reinforcer. That's why we're the, a big believer in it. It's just the easiest way to communicate with your dog. Keeping, keeping it simple, as it were. Socialization yeah. for the new puppy. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go out and you're going to walk out and for the first time, they're going to see people that are things that look like them. And now the fact that they might be 10 times the size doesn't matter. They want to go and they want to make friends, 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 friends. That can be um, that can be hazardous. It can be. Um, so socialization is a buzzword, but one often misused. It really is a very specific time frame for puppies. It's between three weeks and twelve weeks of age. Right. Um, after that, if so, if you have a dog trainer and you have a three-year-old dog, and they're saying, yeah, I'll be able to socialize that dog, no bother. They don't know what they're talking about. They're telling you, I'm a bit of a cowboy. So three weeks to 12 weeks, that's it. That's when you need to expose your puppy to as many sights and sounds as you possibly can in a positive way. Mm. That is the key. Um, So if your puppy is worried, is cowering, tail-tucked, that's where you need to come in with a lot of comfort, um, petting them, picking them up, or again, get their food involved. If they're looking at that big, scary dog, um, start pairing that with their food to teach them, actually, that dog's not so scary. You'll get fed when you look at things that you find frightening. Mm, this is bribery and corruption of the highest order, you know. You wonder, is it dogs or politicians we're talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> you, you talk about the labeling of behavior. What's mm-hmm. that and why is it not a good thing? Um, so labeling is, it has its uses. Um, I think it's good for communicating, you know, with your vet. If you say, okay, my dog's a little bit aggressive. So can I get an appointment that is later in the evening when no one's around? It's useful. However, it can limit your relationship with your dog. If you only ever perceive them as being stubborn or stupid or spoiled, then 
every interaction you have with them is through that lens. So when your dog is out on a walk and a big truck goes by and startles them a little bit and they stop because you consider your dog to be stubborn, you say, oh, sure, he thinks he's taking me for a walk and you jerk his neck and drag him along. Because he's afraid of the truck. Any fool can see that. Exactly. You would think, but surprisingly, no, people do really yeah just have a perception of their dog that's quite hard for them to overcome at times yeah yeah so the reason for the behavior they're not necessarily being misbehaved they're afraid of that thing yeah absolutely and there really isn't morality in dogs they don't have the capacity to discern good and bad so they can't do something deliberately to be naughty or nice they're just feeling things and reacting they know what they don't like and they don't want to go near it what is enrichment enrichment is another buzzword that we love it's essentially mental exercise um so physical exercise of dogs is fairly normalized um we all walk our dogs and we feel bad when we don't walk them um on certain days but mentally exercising your dog is not something that has really kind of entered society's norms quite yet um which is unfortunate because most of the breeds out there are traditionally working breeds but we've kind of made them all unemployed which they don't cope very well with that's when you get dogs that you know take up some landscaping in the garden or rearranging the furniture around your house or going on guard patrol at the windows um they're making their own little jobs because you put them on the dole essentially actually that that particular thing about sitting at the window like my, mm-hmm. two, my two will sit there for ages, right, and look out. And are they seeing and hearing things that I don't see or hear? They're not looking space to space, are they? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, their sight is interesting. So this isn't hugely my area. It would be more vets. But their distance is better than their up-close stuff. Yeah. So they see sudden movement of birds or small prey animals. And their hearing is is definitely a lot better than ours. Yeah. Um, so I know it from my own house. My bathroom door is quite sticky. And the dog in the next garden, if the bathroom door creaks, she'll start barking. Um, <laughs> and that's a house away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel so bad for her. Um, now, now, there's a thing yeah, that, that you bring to mind because nobody wants, and we all dread when the doggy starts barking, at an inappropriate mm. time, because look, we, we, a barking dog can be an awful nuisance for a neighbour. So, how do you train that, or can you rather train it into a puppy? You absolutely can. Um, so, barking it is verbal communication for dogs. Um, so, generally, it's a symptom; it's not a root cause of anything. And what we would do is dig deeper to find out. What is causing your dog to bark? So for the dog behind me, it's a little bit of sound sensitivity. That that squeaking sound, Mm. for whatever reason, she finds it quite disruptive. My first port of call would be the vets to see if there's anything going on there to cause that in the eardrums or neurologically. If that's ruled out, then we can absolutely just train it out by low exposure. So I'd start off, you know, with something that isn't quite as um, loud. So let's say just um, playing the sound of a squeaker toy on YouTube mm. or something, really low volume and pairing that with her food mm. um, and pairing that with relaxing activities. Mm. So that instead of getting, oh, I'm a little bit anxious, I'm going to bark. 
she's actually soothed. Yeah. The, the, the old, again, one of the old methods was to teach them, again, a trigger. Like something like, and what I learned to do was put, put up the palm of my hand in a very non-aggressive way and go, shh, and then if the dog calms down, give them a bit of their breakfast. Does that work? Yeah, that, absolutely. I, I don't, yeah, I don't think the palm of the hand is necessarily doing anything, yeah. but an interrupter, like a sound like shush, and then they're quiet and you reinforce that is perfect. Okay. Um, you reinforce what you like. Um, essentially is our big takeaway. Yeah. A dog barking, one last question from a listener, a dog barking for no apparent reason. I, I, I was kind of trained to believe myself there is always a reason just because you don't know what it is. Absolutely, yeah, I would agree. Unless there's something neurologically going on for that dog, like you said, there's always a reason. Um, we just need to dig deeper and find out what it is. Okay, all right, listen, thank you for being with us today. We may talk again. Claude Walsh, uh, the co-founder of Canine Connect Dog Training Service. Quartz 96 FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.